For those of you who might have missed the first part of the service, there's an opportunity to give to those who have been affected by the fires. Uh, please see me afterwards for the link to donate online or a link to donate uh, by mailing in a check to um, our covenant uh, church family uh, who will get the monies where they belong to people in need. So see me after the service if you'd like to contribute to that. On a little lighter note, some of you have known uh, for a long time that I love the sport of baseball. Um, it used to be my favorite sport. It might not be uh, quite up there now, but I especially do love the bygone days of baseball. I still have a baseball card collection from this era. Hammer and Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, the Splendid Splinter, Mickey Mantle, Jolton Joe DiMaggio, uh, Lou Gehrig, this, to me, was the golden era of baseball. It's my favorite. And one of the more colorful players of that era was none other than Yogi Berra. Not Yogi Bear and Jellystone Park, Yogi Berra. Yogi was known for his great sayings like, it's like deja vu all over again. Or, you can observe a lot by just watching. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Exactly, and this is probably one of my favorites. He hits from both sides of the plate. He's amphibious. <laughs> Yogi was a real character, and he just was known for his sayings, his witticisms, and as a catcher for the New York Yankees, he was known for his chatter. He was especially good at getting players off their game, which is what catchers are supposed to do, and Yogi was one of the best. Well, one day he was playing, the New York Yankees were playing the Milwaukee Braves, and who comes up to bat but Hank Aaron, hammering Hank. And Yogi said, hey, Henry, you're doing it all wrong. You've just got to turn the bat upside down so you can read the trademark. You know, he was just trying to get in his head and distract him, dissuade him, get him off his game. And Hank looked at Yogi, deadpan, as he sat back there behind him. No expression at all, no acknowledgement that Yogi had really said anything at all, which was kind of Hank Aaron's demeanor most of the time. Well, the first pitch came and whack into the left field bleachers for a home run. <laughs> Hank Aaron trotted around the bases, and as he rounded third base, he caught Yogi's eye and stared him down so that when he came across the plate, he had Yogi's full attention, and he said, I didn't come up here to read. <laughs> Hank Aaron was singularly determined in his purpose. He was up there to bat. And despite distraction, despite persuasion, he stuck to his purpose. Oh, if we were so focused, right? We get off track quite a bit. We are easily distracted from our purpose as followers of Jesus. And sometimes we act like Doug, the dog from the Pixar movie Up. If you've seen that, if you've got grandchildren, great-grandchildren, Doug just every once in a while turns and says, squirrel, and he's distracted. So sometimes we act like Doug. Even thinking about our day-to-day -day living, you know, we live such busy lives. Our attentions, our affections, they're diverted away from the things that are most important. Now, there was a time years ago when my life felt like 
a complete disaster mess. I was working during the Christmas season in the shoe department of Ross Dress for Less in Walnut Creek. I had just experienced a breakup in a relationship, and I was a wreck. I was a complete wreck. My boss was a difficult person, but, you know, I probably would be too if I had to manage a Ross at Christmas time. Anyway, my boss was giving me a hard time because I wanted to take a day off. My brother was going on a long trip, and I would be going back to graduate school, and I wouldn't get an opportunity to see him if I didn't take a day off. Well, my boss was giving me a hard time about that. Well... I wasn't very kind when I told him what I thought of him and his store and this job. Nevertheless, I came back to work the day after I spent time with my brother. Things were okay, but I wasn't making good decisions because I was incredibly stressed and distracted by things going on in life. Have you ever been too stressed to think clearly and you make a bad decision? It happens. Have you ever been so depressed that you just don't care? All these emotions, fear and anxiety, depression, they have a way of clouding our thinking and keeping us from doing and being all that we can be in Christ Jesus. Well, our passage from Luke this morning shows that Jesus had a clear purpose for his earthly ministry. And when we face times when we lose our way, Jesus' example teaches us. Even more, it speaks of his perfection and his immeasurable glory, giving us an opportunity to worship him. So if you've ever felt stuck, if you've ever felt held back, this message, this word from Scripture this morning is for you. Let's bow in prayer. (coughs) Heavenly Father, as we open your word, I pray that you would meet us here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you for speaking to us through your word. We thank you for giving it to us and preserving it so faithfully so that we have an accurate representation of what you mean for us, Lord. Strengthen us through it. Would we be open in our hearts, minds, and spirits to you transforming us? So, Lord, we welcome you here. Spirit, move in us, change us, see if there be any wicked way in us, and drive it out by your power. Lord, make my words clear. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we continue on in Luke chapter 4. This is our last Sunday in Luke chapter 4. I believe we've, this is our sixth week in Luke chapter 4. Um, But we are finishing the chapter this morning. Now, the context is that in this chapter, Jesus has come from Nazareth, his hometown, where he was rejected, almost chucked off a cliff, and ended up in Capernaum, a nearby village, which would end up being his home base of ministry. And he had healed in Capernaum all who were sick, all who came to him. So would you stand now? As we read from Luke chapter 4, verses 42 through 44. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. 
And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. It's a shorter section this morning. Relatively insignificant, but not so insignificant as it is the word of God to us. When it was day, what does it say Jesus did? He went where? To a desolate place. That word desolate could mean deserted, secluded, unpopulated wilderness. A desolate place. Why did he go there? To pray? It doesn't say there, actually. It doesn't say exactly why he went to this desolate place, but from other passages of Scripture, we know that Jesus went to commune with the Father. He went to pray. He went to be with the Father. It was his regular practice, we can read throughout Matthew and Mark and Luke. He was looking for the presence FaceTime with the Father. It was here that he received his purpose and direction. Richard mentioned it a couple weeks ago, John chapter 5. I mentioned it last week, John chapter 5, where Jesus said that he only did the things that he saw the Father doing. How did he know what to do unless he spent time with the Father? It was during these times that Jesus found his purpose. He found his direction in times of communing with the Father. You know, I have an iPhone. How many of you have an iPhone here? We just had an update a couple weeks ago, iOS 12.1. And there's a new feature in this update. It's called Screen Time. Yes, Stephanie knows. And it pops up to you, whether you like it or not, how much time you're spending on your phone. And it tells you which apps you're spending how much time on. And it gives you a summary. You have spent 8% more time on your screen this week than last week. It gives you the whole rundown in detail. It's a little bit annoying because we don't like to think about those details. But if we think about our time here in the screen versus our time here versus our time here praying which one wins out in your life ouch it is the screen time the face time with god that we need regularly in order to find and discover our purpose to understand and know the plan that god has for us and to stick to it and you know what we don't live in an unpopulated area. It is not simple to find a desolate place. Although, you could just hit a trail up on Mount Diablo, see some people along the way, but there are desolate places. It does make it easier to commune with God when you don't have distraction all around you. So, how important is it for us to take FaceTime with God? To make sure that we understand our purpose that he has for us and to live and walk according to that. Jesus said the way is narrow. And there are a few that go to it, go by it, go by that narrow way. It's easy to walk the broad path, but it doesn't lead where we want to go. So we need to stick to the narrow path. And the way we do that is by communing with the Father through Jesus Christ and through his word. 
And you know what? There are always going to be distractions. There's, it's inevitable that we will have distractions. There will always be people. There will always be events and diversions and squirrels ready to distract us, pulling at us for our time, pulling at us for our attention. But again, will we stick to the narrow path and the purpose that God has for us? Well, what happened to Jesus? He went to this desolate place. And what happened? The people sought him. And they came to him. They were searching for him. The word that's used there is... Uh, really describes an urgency and a determination that these people had. They were looking for Jesus. What had he just done? He had just healed them all. He had just delivered the people who were oppressed by evil spirits. So they were seeking him out. They probably told their friends and brought their friends and wanted to bring them to Jesus so he could do more of the same and heal more. And they were trying, what does it say? They would have kept him from leaving them. They would have kept them from leaving him. They were going to grab him and say, you stay here, man. We like what you're doing. We're going to keep you here. The word there is kat echo, which means to hold back. the, The translation would have kept him from leaving them really is they would have held him back. They would have restrained him. They would have hindered him. They were trying to keep Jesus from doing what he was doing. And at that moment, what was he doing? He was communing with the Father. He was doing something absolutely critical for you and I. If Jesus felt the need to commune with the Father, being God himself, how much more urgency should we feel about doing the same thing? thing. Now I want to apply this a little differently to us here. Have you ever felt held back? Have you ever felt restrained? Have you ever felt hindered? And what are those things that hold you back? Are they emotions? Stress? Fear? Anxiety? Depression? What is holding you back? Is it a relationship? That's just unhealthy? Is it a relationship that's abusive? Is it friendships that are bad influences on you and your relationship with God? Perhaps it's the media you consume or an addiction that makes you feel stuck in the same place in your relationship with God, this endless cycle of feeling guilty and asking for forgiveness and then falling right back into it. It's a hopeless Cycle, it feels like, but there's grace with Jesus Christ. When you draw near to God, when you invest that face time with him, when you resist the devil, the letter to James says the devil will flee. And all those things that are attached to him will flee as well. Speaking of, this is the last night, men, of James in our study tonight. So 6.30 in the ranch house over here. James, good stuff. The devil will flee. Now, Jesus said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God, for, let's think about that, I was sent for this purpose. 
Of all the things Jesus could have said, I am going to redeem you. I am buying you back from sin. He said, I was sent for the purpose of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom? We hear that a lot in scripture, the proclamation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Those are the first words of Jesus in the book of Mark, in the gospel of Mark. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign and authority of God taking over. What did we talk about last week? What did Richard talk about the week before? We talked about the authority of Jesus Christ. The authority of Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is God's authority and his reign and his power to break into this world that is occupied by the prince of this world. Satan. Lucifer. The kingdom of God is that invader that comes into the house and binds up the strong man. You know, we pray things in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that because we want his rule. We want his reign. We want his truth and his authority to reign in this place where we don't see it happening. Just as it is in heaven, Lord, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We want him to come in and control with his peace, with his love, with his generosity, with his grace, and with his truth. We don't want the lies, we don't want the death, we don't want the deception of this world. Because, once again, James has something to say about the world, doesn't it? Rick, what does James say about the world? If we're a friend of the world, what are we? We're in trouble. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. Oh man, ouch. To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. Jesus knew his purpose. He knew his purpose in preaching the kingdom of God. That God's rule, his reign, his authority is coming in this place. And it was in his own person. He was demonstrating to the world the power of God. The authority of God to rule and reign even over the demonic. Even over the illness. And for us, we can know what God has for us. We can understand and learn and discover our own purpose as we draw near to him. It's about FaceTime, that FaceTime that Jesus took. Are you in his word? You've got to ask these basic questions. Do you spend more than five minutes at any given time in prayer? Are you seeking his direction in your relationships and at any given part of the day? You know, it seems like This is just Christianity 1A. It's basic. But sometimes we get so distracted. Sometimes we get so busy with other things and friendships and some things that are good that we forget the most important, basic, fundamental things of our faith. We cannot know or achieve God's purpose for us any other way. 
There are no neon signs. Spend time with Him. If you want a vibrant, living faith, you've got to spend time with Him. You will experience His glory as you do. You will experience His guidance as you do. And you will experience His grace as you do. It's like any relationship. The amount of time you invest is proportional to the significance of that relationship in your life. You know, God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to invade this dark world, to bring light to hopelessness, to bring light to darkness, to drive out evil and bring hope and healing and restoration to our spirits. That's what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, Jesus bore our sin. We had an eternal unsolvable issue with sin. In and of ourselves, we can do nothing. But what we could not do, Christ did on the cross. He bore our sins so that the penalty, the consequences, which Scripture says is death for sin, we don't have to deal with that. Through faith in Jesus Christ, through repenting of sin and putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we can experience grace. We can experience God's unmerited favor in our lives. Forgiveness, wholeness, healing. It's never perfect. Nothing is ever perfect in our lives right now, but that relationship with God is restored. And we know that we are on a path to glory when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so I invite you, all those of you here, who maybe you need to recommit Maybe you need to reevaluate where your life with Christ is right now. I encourage you to do so as we come to the table. That's exactly what the table of communion is for. It's for contemplation. It's for reflection on what Jesus Christ has done for us through his body and through his blood. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you have done in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that because of his authority, because of the Holy Spirit, because of you, Father, he's broken into this dark world. He is restoring spirits one by one. And Lord, for those of us who've placed our faith in Jesus already, you are continuing that work. It is not complete because we are sitting here alive right now. And we thank you that we are still a work in progress. That you are glorifying us, Lord. You are sanctifying and glorifying us. So we praise you, Lord, and we ask that you would continue to do that work. Lord, maybe there are some deep cuts that need to be made in our lives. Lord, we... we welcome you to do that. Sometimes with a little bit of trepidation, Lord, we ask that you would be gentle with us, but Lord, continue to do your work because we know that it will be good. We know that we will draw near to you because of it and that you will be glorified because of it. So have your way, Lord. Lord, have your way with this congregation, with this church. Father, we want Crossroads to glorify you in every way possible. So strengthen us to do so. 
We ask your spirit to come and move among us in a new and fresh way, Father. Thank you that you do so. And we pray in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. I'm glad you tuned into this podcast message. We'd love it if you came down and visited us in person on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can follow Crossroads on Twitter at Crossroads, C-N-C-R-D, as in Concord, and keep up to date with news and events on our Facebook group page. God bless you.